listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs, and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. Of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the horse voice, the GM, Justin. Follow my brother on social media, on Twitter, at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow myself at Summit Commish. Follow our show at Summit SOM Pod, and of course, follow our media team at Apollo HOU and at Apollo NBA. GM, we are an NBA podcast. We are a rocket show, but we have to start at the top of the hour with something visible, wonderful, absolutely. I, there's no other better way to call it other than Undertaker coming back from the dead because that's exactly what the Houston Astros did. We are fresh off a Jordan Alvarez walk-off. Houston Astros stunned the Seattle Mariners 8-7. to The GM got to see the whole game. I was currently at work. We'll go into my story but i just want to start off real quick we're going to open right off the jump with a topic of the houston astros a little juice box state of mind type mindset over here right now so let's let's pivot over to the juice box for just this first segment itself gm first of all how are you doing and second of all how was the game yo shout out to our friend and our boy apollo des boom ba play that song get that baby. get that out get that off crawford street there you go Jordan Alvarez walk off bomb unbelievable stuff let me tell you this right now your boy changed his clothes in the seventh inning we were down seven to three and I was wearing an Alex Bregman jersey I was like gotta change can't do this right now right and changed into my H-Town versus everyone shirt put on the rally cap and decided maybe something can happen because at that moment I had tweeted this game's over Strohs and four um and then sure enough your boy Reverse Jinx legend, JP Mirabueno. That's it a story again. and sticking to it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> let, let's, just, let's just say this. Justin Verlander did not have it today. It was unfortunate. But for, this, for the Mariners specifically, this was a game that they had to take. Had to uh, absolutely take with uh, JV off his game. Huge lead. Um, every time the Astros seemed to claw back in the early innings, Seattle tacked off one or two more again to kind of tack on to the lead. And it just seemed insurmountable almost the way that the balls were being hit. Like the Astros, they had some really good line drives. Like Bregman had a line drive that went right to the outfielder. Yuli had one that went right to left field. And it was just, it was hard to watch. But overall, October baseball in Houston, it's where the magic happens, guys. And I do believe that Seattle learned today that the Houston Astros are not the Toronto Blue Jays. They will not die. We will not go down that easy. We've been here before. We've been here many, many, many times, and experience tends to win. We may not be the Golden State Warriors, but dog damn it, we are right there. It's so hard to beat a team with experience and this yeah. time of talent, and it's just a testament to the city of Houston. It's a testament to just how we roll. Man, unbelievable stuff. Jordan, that homer, man. Robbie Ray being uh, 
picked to come out the pen by Scott Service was very cute, terrible choice. It was very questionable from the beginning. Everyone was questioning it. He tried to outsmart everyone, and sometimes you just outsmart yourself as a manager. And uh, yeah. Dusty managed his ass off today with the decisions that he did make. Um, it was truly, truly a masterpiece in order to get us back into the game. Shout out to Bregs, two-run shot. Shout out to Hensley, Pena, and then ultimately to Jordan just to get there. If it wasn't for those guys, we wouldn't have this opportunity. So it was a – man. And Nails' bullpen, Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown. Oh, they only gave up a run run. Bray you. Yeah, They gave up a run on two hits. They gave up a run on two hits, and then one of them was a solo shot. You know, like, Um, just I want to add on to that. And uh, you know I'm gonna I, I just want to shout out and thank two 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 people from Apollo. First of all, I want to I want to thank Beyond the Diamond because we're totally taking their uh, spotlight here because we're talking baseball. <laughs> shout outs to Dez and shout outs to uh, B Lima on 790. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. And uh, you know we're we're gonna we're we're we're, we're tacking on a little bit of our two cents through baseball. And and shout outs of course to the camera guy, um, the producer, the co the co uh, founder of Apollo H O U, and that's uh, that's Josh Rose, just Josh on twitter if you go on twitter right now go on there even on their instagram you can see his live footage of that yordan bomb 438 feet into the stratosphere into right field like i'm gonna take a saying from the rockets and that was immaculate it was an immaculate home run it set it set into motion this this wave that the astros needed it was a way like like i jokingly said like this is the like the Undertaker, like the, the Astros coming back from the dead, and they truly did come back from the dead because they were they were they were done. Like you know that that's the best way to describe it. Like they were basically done this game. And and, and to give a little bit of my two cents and a little bit of what I thought, so I want to give everybody a little background of what I've been thinking going into the postseason. This isn't me being any negative in any or trying to be negative in any way, but I've had a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach going into this postseason. I don't know why. There's been something about it. This post this postseason has has been it's been weird. Like I have not. Like, typically when I get ready for a postseason, I get hyped, I get ready, I'm, I'm nervous. For some reason, I woke up this morning, I wasn't nervous at all. It was a weird feeling. I, I just was not comfortable. I wasn't, I didn't feel nervous, but I also didn't feel okay about everything. Like, it was a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. So we go You're into not it. the only one. Yeah, I, yeah, I no. a lot about stuff like that today. Yeah, yeah, no, but like, it's not just in general, but this is in the last six years that the Astros have been making their runs you know I've, every year I've had I've been hyped ready to go and had you know my mindset of like okay this is it man this is it this is our run to the World Series for some reason it has not crossed my mind that we're gonna make the World Series which is insane to think about because I'm a big Astros fan we're not just Rockets fans guys we're b- huge Astros fans we just don't talk about the Astros but we me and my brother actually know a little bit more about the Astros than you think so I didn't think that we were gonna we were gonna win today, in all honesty. And then, obviously, JV goes down six to six to nothing at one point, or six to one and six to two at one point. It was. It got to the point where I didn't think that this. Uh, you know, I got to the point where like, okay, this was isn't gonna happen. Like, geez, like, you know, I hate when I'm right. It's the Albert Pujols shot when I turned around in 05 and I didn't want to look. You at called the, the Springer one. I called in the Springer. 17. I called the Springer dinger in 2017 in Game Five of the World Series because I, I Springer gives up the run and I said Springer's gonna get it back. Springer gave up because he tried to dive for that. Uh, tried to diving catch in Game Five. They took the lead. I think it was like seven to eight. And then I was like, nah, he's gonna get that one back. And then he gets it back. So ten, typically, I tend to have like a an intuition when it comes to these things. So, you know, I. I I didn't have a good feeling and then look 
and then the cool thing is, you know, shouts to my boss also at my job. She let me uh, get the, uh, she let me set up the TV and get the game on, so I was able to watch it uh, to a degree. I was able to watch the Yordan. So Yordan was actually on it. Oh, and, bro, that that two yeah, and double, the two and double start, kickstart. He cut the lead crucial. in half, and it, all Verlander had to do was just continue to pitch. Unfortunately, he gives up two more runs on top of it. You just cut that lead in half and keep gr- and keep keep grinding it out. And we know this Astros team; it's just a battle of attrition with us. You know, we just always seem to find ways to come back. And this team, right here, right now. Like this is it. Like this is their moment. This is their moment in October, and this is what they're built for. This isn't anything new. Like I was over the moon, but come on, guys. Ten walk-offs in the postseason at home. Come on. Like this isn't anything new. We haven't seen. This is nothing we haven't seen before. This is the Astros. Uh, this is the secret sauce that yeah. cre- that lets the Astros be the Astros. Minute, this is the golden era. Magic man. This minute is what we do, magic. baby. This is what we do. So, I uh, so I I walked in. I walked in. Saw the GM and I said, you know what? Give me my crow. I'm ready to eat my crow. Put it in front of me. I'll gladly eat crow, guys. Because I was wrong. Houston Astros win 8-7. to seven. GM, we don't want to harp too much into this, obviously. Any last things that we say before we move on to, obviously, you know, the, the reason why we are here and the reason why people obviously love to listen to us. Which I hope people that do like to listen to us on Rockets Pod will actually like to listen to Astros because we're... Houston fans in general, I like to think well, I mean, that think about it like, you're a Houston fan, right? Think about it like this. like We are watching truly a golden era of Houston sports in terms of baseball. This is the type of magic reactions, emotions that we want to experience Facts. when the Rockets are back into the playoffs. So think about this, guys. Channel these type of emotions, what you just witnessed today, um, in part with the Astros game. And just think about it when it's the Rockets' turn to shine in this realm. You know, like in regards to all that, as fans, not just of the Rockets, but Houston sports in general, minus the Texans, I'm just gonna be completely transparent. Everybody here, not a fan of them. But <clears throat> when it pertains to this, like this is just something that I'm grateful for as a fan. And I, I do apologize if you're not into baseball and you are listening to this podcast. But this is truly magic. Just fast forward, guys. It's There's just, not a few it, more minutes it, left. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> truly postseason magic and this is what houston does in october and this isn't the first episode we've released we've dedicated no, episodes no. we've done episodes with michael connor we've done juice box state of mind episodes multiple times and we're not afraid to be different yeah yeah we, i mean we we we, we love <laughs> astros baseball yep and you know we have a passion for it as well we've lived through it just as much as everyone else in houston and we are extremely passionate and this is something that as fans, especially like me and the commish who grew, who grew up watching this team as well, not just the Rockets. We grew up watching the Astros and seeing us choke in 97, 98, 99, and in 01 again. And let me tell you, like these are the kind of things that make me appreciate things even more because I remember the pain. So think about this, guys, in terms of the pain that we experienced the past two years, the experiences of pain that we experienced with James. Um and that roster that we had before cherish the moments that are good because they help you appreciate these moments more especially when you experience the failure so anytime that we can win anytime that we succeed it's amazing stuff to witness and man i'm not gonna lie to you man those emotions were crazy like i went i mean your your voice is gone my voice is gone because i i wasn't cheering all game i was just clapping like golf clapping you know bregman hit that homer i was like sweet we're still in the game but i'm not gonna overreact because the pitching has the pitching had just started to come around but we didn't know 
Seattle can get hot any moment. We've seen it. And just the clutch hitting, man. Hensley, JP3, to get to Jordan, man, that's uh That's what we needed. And I think magic, that's, man. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. Think about it like a clutch shot. You need, you know, to get those shots or the passes to get to the shooter. You know what I mean? If we're going to do it, like, um, compare it to basketball. But overall, guys, like, I'm just extremely happy as a Houston fan. And you guys need to watch the playoffs. Um, watch October baseball. Follow Apollo HOU. Josh Stroh's. Go follow Dez. Beyond, the, Beyond the Diamond as well. Yeah, because follow they're, them. They're, they kill it. They're going to talk about basis. it as well, man. They will definitely be talking about it. And have on a little bit podcast. more. We meant more insight than us. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, they played. They played the sport, so they completely mm-hmm. understand it. So, GM, good, good thoughts there. Um,. Yeah, so we're going to be continuing to follow the 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 playoffs. Myself and the GM we're, we're just big Houston fans and tech upon the sentiments that he had already stated. Yeah, this is this is who we are, you know. We love the Rockets, we love the Astros. We've followed them back in 2015 when they were just a, you know, a bustling team with Hank Conger as the catcher like that was the team and Correa was brand new to the team and he was the rookie of the year and you know, they had he had an incredible game four, and we should have won. You know, could have should have won that division series and moved on. You never know; could be writing a whole different scenario. We could have had two World Series wins, like, which is neither here nor there. But bottom line is what I'm trying to say is that myself and the GM have been at kind of at the middle of it and been at the pit of it in terms of uh, following this Houston Astros team. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna harken back to the same thing that we said last year. Continue to follow them. Just you know, continue to watch them and continue to, you know, support all the Houston teams, including the Texans, even though myself and the GM aren't the biggest fan of the Texans, continue to support them as well. And, uh, yeah. Oh, follow at Apollo Texans as well. Cause they, uh, <laughs> Shout out to our boys, yeah. uh, Noah and little bro, little bro, little bro Taylor. So, uh, you know, we, we got so many people in the Apollo organization. It's nuts. And it's just such a great team. So, you know, I just want to give that moment of shout outs for all of them. And, uh, yeah, continue to follow, follow them and continue to follow us and continue to follow the Houston Astros as we go on in game two on Thursday. Well, this episode will come out Wednesday. So, okay. We'll close the book there on the Houston Astros. GM, let's open the book, obviously, on what's important here. We are Houston Rockets pod, Houston Rockets show. Let's open up with some Houston Rockets talk. Let's work our way backwards because we need to talk two games that had been happening. We covered game one because we were there, and we were able to give that proper review. So there were two games that happened, you know, the game against Miami yesterday as well as the game against Toronto on Friday. So let's open up with Rockets in Miami. Rockets ultimately lose to Miami in Miami, 118-110. to 10 and the high scores obviously was the backcourt of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green who got a combined 46 points on a combined 11 rebounds and 11 assists so 25 5 and 4 for Green 20 21 6 and 7 for Kevin Porter Jr. so if we're working backwards if we're working backwards I want to talk about the negatives first, just to get it out of the way, because the positives were obviously Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Tari Eason do, continuing to do his thing, continuing to prove why he's the man and he deserves his spot, and he's totally taking the Josh Christopher out, and he's totally going to rip that rip that rotation spot away from anybody, but I want to talk about the negatives first, and that's obviously Alperin Shangun. Let's talk about this out of the gate. GM, first of all, I knew it was a rough time for you to watch this game live. You were busy. You had stuff that you had to take care of on a personal note. But were you able to catch any parts of the game? And if so, were you able to catch any of the moments that Alperin Shangun uh, performed in? Because he only had two points, one assist, four rebounds on 17 minutes on the floor. He couldn't stay on the floor. Yeah, he, he didn't seem to be too effective when he was out there. I only watched, like, 
um, halfway through the first quarter into the second quarter, and then I caught the fourth quarter later on that evening before I uh, went to sleep. But based on what I saw, Al P didn't look very comfortable out there. Uh, to my understanding, he just seemed to struggle. Excuse me. Excuse me, but, um, you know, like, I don't know if you saw that uh, Felicia Stone posted a video of the Miami Heat cheerleaders practicing on the floor while the Rockets were warming up and putting mm-hmm. up shots as well. And mm-hmm. I do think that Al P may have been uh, a little distracted by the booty. Just kidding. I mean, but, you know, the thing about that is that we're 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 slowly starting to see and figure out what LP is comfortable with and what he's not comfortable with and obviously he wants to work from the post whether it's the low post or the mid post that is his spot in which he can facilitate the offense and for Kevin Porter Jr and Jalen Green they might need more of a big who can um, pick and roll harder and a more vertical threat at the rim and Alperin Shangun is not that guy um, I'm really hoping that we can find a perfect medium in which LP can run the offense to an extent and allow Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green to operate through cuts, switches, screens in which they will be finding lanes to get open in order to cut to the basket or running flare screens for Jalen Green or KPJ to get open to the three-point line. Um, but from what it seems like, like you know, like I, you can see that they were just trying to run something different, trying to figure something out. It's it's preseason. It's totally fine. Am I worried about Al P? No, I am not. Um, he also had a dental procedure done earlier at the end of what last week. That Friday, yeah. So maybe he's still recovering. You know, it takes a while for sometimes for bodies um, to recover from if if you use anesthetics. You know what I mean? The body reacts, and sometimes it takes time to gain back more of your was it reflexes, your th- your thinking, like. Uh, uh, full transparency I've had multiple surgeries in my life and my mom always makes jokes that I'm a bit slower now because I've had been, I've been put under anesthesia put under, under yeah, multiple multiple times and it maybe it's true I have a terrible memory I don't know if there's naturally. any scientific proof of that but we'll, we'll, we'll digress maybe from there. not but I mean you know I move a lot slower <laughs> yeah, now but absolutely. I'm also 32 turning 33 so that's also uh, a possibility right, right. but you know it with, with LP you know, like I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm not worried. Um, I want to see what it's like into the season, 15 to 20 games in. That'll be a bit more of a barometer of judgment in terms of what Stylus is running with LP, Jalen, and KPJ. When you have three dynamic players that can handle the ball and create for others, especially the high quality of Kevin Porter Jr. and LP, and the improving playmaking game of Jalen Green. There's a lot that can be said and done in order to improve the offense. Um, it's unfortunate considering it was against Miami's third team. Yeah, there wasn't no. I don't believe any of the starters played outside of like uh, Struess. Uh, yeah, they, they pretty much ran their know. they ran their G League team for the most part, which is uh, it's you know they they ran Highsmith, Deadman, Vincent, Oladipo, and Struess. So they weren't like they weren't running their A team, but obviously, like I said, Miami is so culture based, and you know when you have a coach, uh, when you have a coach like Spolstra, it puts it, it you know puts forth and and having that ownership of Pat Riley you know looming over, it creates that culture that Miami is so famous for. So it doesn't matter who you put in front. This is the team that's going to try hard no matter what, and they're always going to put forth the effort. So. I like so from like my angle in regards to LP because I do have uh, quite a bit I want to say now. Granted, I'm not like the biggest LP fanatic, 
um because he did he shot one of five nothing nothing to sneeze at i mean he only played 17 minutes just could not stay on the floor he had five fouls he had early foul trouble on top of it in the first quarter as well um am i worried still not even though i'm not the biggest lp fan i'm still not worried because of the fact that i know what everyone's gonna say yo you're a homer because he's your son i'm telling you guys like jabari smith jr like the fact that he's not on the floor does so much for LP because, like I mentioned in the last episode, what they do is they cover up for each other's weaknesses and they encourage each other's strengths. LP was getting ripped a lot on the defense, but on top of it, like they weren't running him in the middle. Maybe also they weren't running him in the middle because KJ Martin still he, decent three point shooter. He shot three of six. He's been lights out from the three point line during this. Yeah, there's during, been a yeah, lot of improvement yeah, and during it, this. It seems yeah. to be for real his three point shot. Exactly during this preseason. And he's, you know, he shot the ball very, very well. But at the end of the day, they're not going to respect the outside shot. You can't, you're not going to truly believe like that the scouting report's going to be like, we're going to lock in on KJ Martin because he's going to, he's a crazy outside shooter. No, we're not going to do that. So they're going to continue to, they're going to continue to give it to him. And on top of it, Jay Sean Tate, who he didn't attempt a single, well, he only played five minutes and then he got hurt. So, but still, it needs to prove that he is a worthy outside shooter. So when you have that type of spacing for an LP, it doesn't really work. Why did game one work? Because they funneled him in the middle from the free throw line to the top of the key to either make something happen in the post or do something like a Jokic where he can facilitate something on the on the top of the key so he can create for others. That's also them missing Jabari Smith Jr. Correct? No, no, no. That's yeah, the whole point yeah, of what I was, yeah, that yeah, was the whole yeah. point of what I was trying to say. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were listening, but like that was the whole point of what I was trying to say. Like, because that was the whole f- the thing when I said jokingly, like, you know, it's my son. I know people like say that I'm a homer, but that's what Jabari provides. They encourage each other's strengths because mm-hmm. what happens is when you have someone like a Jabari or an Eric Gordon that is going to start alongside an LP, you can play four out, and then you can let LP kind of facilitate accordingly to what he does. Now, what what that made what that entails, I don't know, because Steven Silas as well has been out due to COVID protocols. He's been out as well. So John Lucas has even admitted, we have not been using LP to his greatest strengths. He did an interview today and said, we have not been utilizing him to the to I really the best of his abilities. John Lucas's transparency yeah, absolutely, there. because yeah. they're being because they're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a type of talent like that, we know what LP can do. He's uber talented. We know what he what we know what he can do. My whole hang up with him was always, can he just hang? You know, when the when the buckets and the defense really needs to lock in. Like, is he is he worthy of being in there in those clutch moments? Can he make the right plays? So. I'm not. I'm taking. I'm taking this game with a pinch of salt, just as much as I took that Spurs game with a pinch of salt. I jokingly always say, "Oh, we're gonna make the play in." Like, of course, that's that's my prediction. That's my prediction every year. But I take this with a pinch of salt, just as much as I tell everybody to take that Spurs game with a pinch of salt, because at the end of the day, like you're playing the preseason. This is not the A team. We didn't even see. We didn't even see Jimmy Butler in this game. We didn't even get to see their A team. We didn't get to see Kyle Lowry and any of those guys. So. I'm not going to take this game too seriously in terms of being worried about LP, quote-unquote. There's some things to be concerned about, but I don't think it's to the point of like, oh, we really need to worry here. No. Eric Gordon's out. Jabari Smith Jr.'s out. There's no floor spacing whatsoever. Garrison Matthews seems like it seems like a shell of his former self. 3 of 11, 2 of 10 from 3. Only shot 20% from 3, so that's a whole other story. So, overall, I'm not, I'm not concerned about LP's game. I'm not concerned about how he's going to be utilized. I trust Silas. I trust the way that he runs the offense because Silas seems to play a very free offense where everyone can get themselves going and he they can provide that platform for Alperin Shingun. Why was he so successful in game one? Because there was four out and you had Alpi at the top of the key working the free throw line. 
And as long as they can put Alpi in those situations, then he will be just fine. I'm not worried about that. He's not Christian Wood. He's yeah. going to be just fine. So, GM, I do want to... So, that's the negative part of the game because we did lose that game. But I also want to talk about something. I want to spin something and make it to a positive now. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Let's talk about Tari Eason. The man, is a, oh, the man has scored 62 points in three games. Granted, it's just preseason. But for a guy like Tari Eason, who was playing with third stringers in the training camp, that was going to see the uh, G League coming into the season, is at this juncture already, already steps ahead by showing Steven Silas, hey, man you got to give me some minutes here. Like, you're not, there's no way you can't. And he has been an endless engine running endlessly through all the, through all the hustle and all the moments that he's been creating. Three-point shot has been falling. So, look, like, he had 17 points last night. Let me pull up his stat line real quick. 17 and 12. 17 and 12, 8 of 11. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Efficient. One of three from three-point line. So still 33%, which is not bad considering that he wasn't shooting the ball very well in the summer league. So, GM, what's been your overall impressions on Tari Eason, especially in this game against Miami? What's what what's pro- what has Tari proven to you? The thing about Tari is that um, you don't have to run plays for the guy. He just has a nose for finding the ball and getting the ball into the hoop. Um when there's a loose ball, he always seems to find a way to be in that scrum. Literally, it's like a rugby scrum with him. He's always in that middle of the the dog pile, right? Um, you can see he's always fighting for offensive rebounds. It seems like offensive rebounds are something that Tara Eason has that extra level of hustle that not many people have in terms of just finding the ball. I'm seeing a lot of, in terms of rebounding specifically, I'm seeing a lot of Dennis Rodman-like instincts in terms of it seems like he may i don't want to say full-on that he's like studied where balls bounce off the rim off the backboard and anticipating but it wouldn't surprise me either if that is something that he has looked into because as you can see there is just a strength that people possess and a type of drive that people possess and tar eason has that drive and the thing about him is that like we, like I said earlier, you don't have to run plays for the guy. He'll find ways to score in other ways. The ball will just find him because he's always active. He's always cutting, and he's always in the right spot, especially in the three-point line. The, the ball just seems to find him, and he's been shooting in rhythm from the outside. And the, his three-point shooting wasn't necessarily a strong point uh, in terms of him being drafted, but it was an improvement uh, from his freshman to his sophomore year. So... You can see that it's something that he's still working on and he has an understanding of where the NBA is going and that he understands that if there's anything that he really does need to improve on in terms of the offense, it's his shooting. And you can see that he has worked on that. In terms of his defense, his defense is next level. There is a reason why the Summit released a shirt called the what is it? <laughs> the Legion of Stops. Stops yep. Because he is one half of are big defensive stoppers. Unfortunately, Jabari Smith Jr. is hurt, but it's obviously precautionary. I'm my pretty heart, sure I'm heart. pretty sure he would play if there if if it was a regular season, right? But you can see that Tari Eason's defensive instincts are there and that he just has a nose of being in the right place at the right time. And like I stated prior, anticipation. We're just gonna keep going to that. You can see he, he anticipates, especially uh, cutting the passing lanes in terms of getting steals and not even he doesn't even have to get the steals he just disrupts the play and when you disrupt the play and the flow of the play it gives time for another player to help 
in terms of a loose ball or someone that's holding the ball doesn't have the area to dribble it's a good way to double team as well and it all starts because of Tari Eason and it's been a joy to watch the last three games and you you, you can say it you know like of course we wanted to look into summer league and be precautionary he was all league all first team summer league we're just like yo that's summer league you know it's okay let's not buy in too much to the hype we know that he'll bring it but there might still be some stuff there that um issues but in terms of seeing in the preseason games playing against legitimate nba level talent because he's coming off the bench early he's not coming off the bench late he's tending to come in there earlier in the games when there's still legitimate nba talent not like in the fourth quarters where he is they tend to rest yes they're playing against like guys that are trying to make the team or they're just trying to get a view of the g-leaguers but i will say this if we look at i don't i had i don't have those stats in front of me in terms of quarters but i'd like to believe that Tari Eason is producing in the first half of games against legitimate NBA players. Yeah, he almost had a double double. I think <clears> at the end of the first half, he could have had a double double. There you go. Half, so. And it explains why he didn't. You know, he he played. He didn't. I don't believe he had heavy minutes in the uh, last game. Twenty twenty eight minutes. Okay, so, so he did. He's still decent. Yeah, a decent but, amount of minutes. You know, but but what I'm saying is that these stats that he is producing are not empty stats in terms of his competition. The competition is actual NBA players, mm-hmm. and what we're seeing, I don't believe, is a fluke. And what he is telling Steven Silas is that you're going to have to play me during the regular season. If you want to win games, I have to be out there. And I love the fact that he just keeps trying. He's pushing. And when you play like that, especially for a team of this level that isn't so great and could possibly be one of the worst teams in the league— it's good because you're breeding competition amongst the rotation and amongst the team. Guys like KJ Martin, Garrison Matthews, like those guys can stand to lose minutes because of the way Tari Eason is playing. And when you think about it like that, KJ Martin has picked up his game. Mm. Garrison Matthews has not picked up his game. And it's unfortunate. And you can, I can see that Garrison Matthews is kind of pressing in terms of his shooting. Gosh, and it's two of ten. He really pressed. And well, actually, not good. I'll tell you this though: a few of his shots were like, most of his shots I didn't even think were pressing shots. Like I, I the threes that he shot in Miami were actually shots that these are these are Garrison Matthews threes last season. Like these are his general shots. You always need those guys that can have the catapult and isn't afraid to let it fly. You know, a la like Joe Green in twenty eighteen. You always need one of those guys that can provide that type of play. That's that can provide that type of, you know, gunslinger mentality. It's always good to have that on a team, especially a a, a team that is trying to continue to compete like the Rockets. So I understand yeah, I totally get what you're saying on everything there. And it begs ultimately does uh beg the question, which we will discuss in just a minute but I, before we do because i do have a, a very important question i do want to ask you but before we do i do want to talk about this first and f- another uh positive from this rockets team especially from what's been happening recently especially in these past few games kevin porter jr and jalen green have been have been lights out like they've been absolutely incredible the first quarter that they both had was a showcase in terms of what how, what, how they can produce in the terms of how they can compete and how they because they they had a they had a 10 point lead and i think at most they had a 15 point lead like they were producing jalen green was just in his bag it's gotten to the point now where he's very he's very like i'm trying to find the words for this the game is there when the stars play 
when a player that just controls the tempo, the pace, the movement of the game, and they can kind of kind of pick and choose their moments and make it look effortless and easy, Jalen Green has that. And I'm telling you all right now, there's a rhythm that he's playing in that's reminding me so much, and I know people are going to, I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but it really does remind me of a young Kobe. It does remind me of the first year when James Harden finally was here, or even hearkening back to when James Harden was in OKC and he finally got comfortable. His rookie year was, his rookie year was nothing special, but his second and third year were incredible on the Thunder. His ability to progress in years two and three were major. This Jalen Green looks awfully different. I know he was playing against a bunch of G-leaguers and third stringers, but bottom line is these are also players with that are scratching and clawing to get NBA spots. They're going to try as hard as they can. And Jalen Green made him look like a fool. He dropped Victor Oladipo. I mean, I had to make that clip of that Jim Ross where it's, oh my God, oh my God, he killed him. Oh my God, he killed him. Shouts to the Mankind Undertaker match, by the way. That's the clip I took it from. But... <laughs> But bottom line here is that Jalen Green has now progressed to the point. Obviously, we'll we'll start seeing it in in uh, October nineteenth when the games start to matter in Atlanta. That's going to be a big crucial key here, and moving forward from that. But Jalen Green is moving at a pace where the game is slowed down in his mind, and he's gotten so much better for it. On the flip side, now Kevin Porter Jr. is. I've said this, GM, and I'm going to continue to say this when he does well. Top five bag in the NBA. I will I will die Shout on that out hill. Shout to KPJ. I will die he, on that he, damn he hill. He was at the game today sitting right behind home plate and was Tillman he really? Fertitta was seats. He with was he no, with he was with Kaiser. He was with his girl. Harden was like that guy who would like, every yeah. time he found a new person, he'd take him out on a date. It was Chris yeah. Paul initially, and then and it then was Westbrook the next year. The following yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, like, but anyway, just yeah. shout out to him. He's a Seattle, he's from Seattle. If he's a Seattle fan. Was he wearing? No, he was wearing completely neutral colors, so I'm not sure. Oh, he was wearing neutral colors. But he wasn't reacting to anything. He was just chilling. So my my, my guy was vibing. He was just there for He was vibing it out, man. I respect the game. Uh, GM, I I harpened a little bit on Jalen Green, but I want to get your words on uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green as well. What's been your overall impressions, kind of just seeing them, seeing their performances, and is it any indication of what we're going to see in the season? Um, let me uh, start off with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. looks very comfortable out there. You can see that the game has slowed down in terms of his playmaking. He's not rushing his decisions. He's not playing like Josh Christopher. No offense to Jacob, but Jacob has been rushing a lot of his decisions in terms of his oh, playmaking. We're going to talk about that I too. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to expand anymore until we go from there. I'm just of trying course. to find like the antithesis of what Kevin Porter Jr. is doing. But you can see he's playing a bit more passively in terms of his playmaking. He's finding guys in their spots. He's he's still figuring out when to shoot and when to pass but you can tell he's a bit more comfortable in terms of the way he's running the offense he's understanding when to give it up you know especially him and Jalen him and Jalen have been complimenting each other very well um and then last game he just looked comfortable he was he started the game on fire he was just he was playing aggressive and he was ready but overall you can just you can see the maturity building in terms of Kevin Porter Jr. and um, if we're going to go based off of that, I do think that if he does build on what he's supposed to be building on in terms of his playmaking, his shooting, and decision-making for, for 
for the third one in terms of his turnovers to assist ratio he could possibly be an MIP this year um that is dangerous waters for the Rockets if they do see that in practice they might need to lock him up but we'll see what happens in terms of free agency I don't see an extension happening but Kevin Porter Jr. has looked really good in terms of his times out there he doesn't seem to be making too many horrible decisions in my opinion he's he looks very very good and very very comfortable alongside his teammates and this is the first time in what two and a half years that he's been here is that he's looked very very comfortable here so that makes me very happy in terms of growth especially for someone like kevin porter jr after his media day i really wanted to see if he can translate his words into the way he plays and you can see that he is becoming more of a leader there are moments when he does get frustrated the body language isn't great but you also got to understand he's still very young as well it's very hard for someone to lead when you're so young and i do believe that he could potentially be that guy but when you're playing next to a guy like jalen who doesn't really whine on the floor you know i think it's a great um counterpart to have next to kpj and then absolutely let yeah. me let, let me move on to jalen green jalen green we've already talked about it um on the last pod how you know he's built so much muscle throughout the offseason he looks completely different and last night there was a play in which he was able to absorb contact and finish a layup in contact and i don't believe that would have been something that he could have done last year the way his body was built especially with him gaining 10 to 12 pounds of muscle this year i look forward to that because i do believe that he will be getting more foul calls because of the fact that he's willing to put his body out there on the line a bit more in terms of getting finishes absolutely his playmaking has been really well he found lp on that no look uh cut to the basket in the first quarter he looks so good and once he gets comfortable in that role in terms of playmaking for the team and with lp building that chemistry oh man it's going to be great to see gm i want to expand actually upon that because we did get a very very interesting take on a locked on nba today uh very interesting take from was it HP Basketball, and there was uh, there was some things said. There was some things said, I, and I think so much so. So it was Matt Moore, HP Basketball, and then David David Ramil um, on Locked On NBA, and I think it got to the point where it did get to Jalen. It did get to Jalen. Jalen did he did respond. He was on Twitter. So basically, to to kind of summarize what happened is like what. The mindset of these two critics or two uh, guys that these two media members is that they're basically calling Jalen Green a glorified bench player. That he would be Lou Williams like. That that's the best way I can describe. It. Like he would still be a bucket. Yeah, like Lou Williams, Jamal but, Crawford. Yeah, like he's the, guys, like yeah. the guy from that end that shouldn't start games. Or if he is going to start, he's only going to start because certain players are out or injured. He said ultimately that is where Jalen Green's uh, ceiling is going to lie. It got to the point where it did get. I, it, you know, Jalen Green. I, I'm gonna. I don't know if it was a reference then, but he did say on Twitter, "It be the mfers that never played basketball in their life to sit there and talk about someone's game." So crying, crying emoji, crying emoji. So I would like to think that it's based on that, but I want to expand upon what locked on it, what locked on NBA said today, because obviously that was such a big topic of conversation and was big such a uh, such a topic of the Rockets Twitter community as well as the NBA community talking about Jalen Green's game. I love it, and I think it's so funny 
because we were 2-0 and in the preseason. And the second we lose, the second we take an L, it's like, now we're going to call Jalen Green a glorified bench player? That's that that's what we're going to do now? now that, so it's, it's, it's like a double-edged sword with Jalen Green. I want to give my thoughts real quick before I hand it over to the GM because I just want I need to get this off my chest. It's like a double-edged sword. It's like if Jalen Green performs well, but they're losing, he's just scoring empty stats. If he's not scoring, then he's just a bust at number two. So I think the ultimate, it seems like the ultimate, um, the ultimate remedy to remedy all of this is for Jalen Green to score and for the Rockets to win and to play winning basketball. I think that's ultimately where these, uh, the, the, ultimately where this lies amongst the media and these people that think that I'd like to think that this these guys aren't the only people that think that there's a lot of doubters that don't like Jalen Green's game I've heard it before um they're gonna get really loud if Jalen struggles during the season uh they're gonna get really quiet if he does pull five five games in a row and they win you know in 30 point games and they win four out of the five they're gonna get really quiet at that point but it does beg the question we're not even we're like literally at the tip of the iceberg in year two and they're already reeling at 20 years old to call him a glorified role player and that is where his ceiling lies gm i want to get your thoughts uh as well on this what did you think after hearing that that sound bite that sound clip and and how did it like how did it make you feel in terms of um where you see jill and green I think it's just complete ignorance, to be Pure honest. Pure poppycock! Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be completely transparent here, like, the thing I dislike about guys that have very, very hot takes are guys that don't watch your team Well, first of all, it's a cute. Lot of games. I think the hot takes are cute. Um, I, I, we'll I get there. it. You know, <laughs> Matt Moore is a very smart man. He knows that Rocket Twitter is very, the contingent is very strong. And we will react and we oh, will respond. Will push that button. And he knew exactly what he was doing in terms of getting, of garnering that reaction. And good for him. You got it, man. Congratulations. You got what you want. You got your cheap pop. You're like John hey, Cena, quote unquote, attempting to turn heel. Cheap heat. When he legit turned his heel That's in the ring. That's when he talks smack about the, the town. It's like, I would never find myself dead in Houston, Texas. Exactly. Filthy animals. Like exactly. That's, yeah, it, 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 it's it's one of the most cheapest tricks in the book. And, you know, Houston fell for the bait. I totally understand that. I think they're wrong. Horrendously wrong. But talk to him, you can have your opinion. I get it. But I promise you, in two or three years, you will probably dismiss that comment and be like, well, I stated that either he will be this when they're a winning team or he'll be this when they're a losing team like there's just no battle to be won there because they're covering all the bases. double-edged sword i get it as an analyst like you're gonna do what you're gonna do right but just putting him in terms of like a glorified sixth man granted that's basically the talk that people have been speaking of in terms of kevin porter jr as well there's a difference between kevin porter jr and jalen green i will definitely say that i mean the numbers are there. The game is there. The the eye, uh, the eye test is there in terms of his game. And, I mean, shoot, Devin Booker was getting lit up earlier in his career as well. He got the same, the same kind of um, judgment by analysts as well. So it just seems really stupid. You would think that some of these guys would learn. But at the end of the day, 
honestly, I don't want to acknowledge it because they don't deserve my breath. They don't deserve my time because they may be having a huge following. They might be getting paid for it. Congratulations. But this is a take that is just completely, completely idiotic. And you are so, so wrong in terms of your analysis. And I, I don't even want to indulge it. I don't want to go any further because honestly us at the summit are better than that you know like we hold ourselves to a higher regard we don't try to get shock value takes we give it to you straight up we tell you how we feel uh clicks uh engagements whatever the fuck you want be damned I don't give a shit, to be honest with absolutely, you. Absolutely, and I, I yeah. try not to curse very much, but I'm trying to truly emphasize how I feel. Let them know because let them know it's completely stupid and it's an ignorant take. And to do that at the beginning of year two, before he even had a chance to do this in the regular season, it just seems really not. It just seems ignorant. And I don't know if there's a word that I can use, like you know, plain stupidity, uh, complete fuckery in terms of their opinions but that's all they're going to get out of me yeah because it doesn't matter their opinions do not matter and that's how i feel their opinions do not matter because at the end of the day we believe what's going to happen and we will see it Jalen green will be a star in this league and even if he does become a star there will still be haters it doesn't matter even if we win a title there will still be haters. Yeah, so they, it, live, it, they, they live on. They, yes, they need it. They feed off of it. It is what it is, and that's totally fine. I'm okay with it. Um, I love my team. We will continually cover our team and completely shower love for guys like Jalen Green on our team because he he is going to be that guy. Jalen Green is him. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. No, that's, absolutely. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Quote Forrest uh, Gump. Jalen Green, Jalen Green has um, – like I've already explained it earlier, there's nothing much to harpen on it or to feed into in terms of what uh, these guys are trying to say. A lot of these guys, what they try to do is is that they try to get shock value. They try to get the 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 quick click of you know oh you got a hundred thousand views on this you know one minute clip of where you're talking and then if they're wrong they're gonna say oh listen to the whole story listen to the whole episode you'll get a better idea of it. They know what they're saying when they say it within that one-minute clip. A lot of things that people say, it's calculated, especially the people that do try to get the cheap heat. A lot of people that try to get their words out for shock value purposes, it's planned. It's definitely planned. It's premeditated. Stephen A. Smith is is a is a king in in that sense. He really made it. He really made his name known doing stuff like that, and like look at him now. So you know, in terms of what this is like, as a Rockets fan, I don't feed into it. I would never feed into it. If you know, as long as you know what's going on within your team, just as much as you know, teams can garner hate. You just keep it within the organization, keep it within the locker room, or in our case, keep it in the city. You know what I mean? No one outside of Houston is thinking that. So keep it in the city. You know what I mean? Just just let let the out let the national pundits talk. Let them talk. 
let them talk, let them continue to talk as the Rockets continue to rebuild and improve and get better. So that's that's all that needs to be said in regards to that. I just wanted to obviously harp in and talk about it because that was a topic that was uh, devo- not dividing, but really was divisive on Rockets and Rockets Twitter. A lot of people were very upset to hear that. There's no need to be upset. Let the pundits talk. Let them do their thing. Jalen Green's going to continue to do his thing. He's going to hear the noise and he's going to make it as a point to get stronger. This is a team that that this is a team that is um, has a will to really want to improve and get better so we'll go in and move on from that gm with that said i do want to move on and talk about this look the houston rockets are have one more game left in this preseason so ultimately where does this lie amongst who may be the odd man out because we do need to cut I think if we did the if if I've done the math correctly and based on everything that I've seen on the roster, based on everything that I've read, it's, it's gonna more. it's gonna want be one more one of Garrison, uh, one of Garrison Bobon and I can't remember who the last one is. Favors or KJ? Favors or KJ? Which they're not gonna cut KJ, but in my opinion, it goes down to Bobon or Garrison. One of them is gonna get cut. So I want to lay I want to I want to lay down the spread in front of you and get your opinion. Bobon is obviously there for the leadership, for the locker room presence, for um, for revenue because he's a he's a face. He was already he's been in movies, so obviously he can bring in revenue. He's a personality, but most importantly, he brings leadership to the team and a looseness to the team that I think every team needs. The Dikembe of the Houston Rockets in 2005 is what Bobon is now. Flip side, you got Garrison who's another forward who made his presence known in this last season, Gary Bird when he had those stretch of runs when we ran when we ran the gauntlet and won 7 in a row. Ultimately, he struggled during this preseason. I told my I told myself and everyone else out of the gate that this uh that Garrison was going to get the starting was going to get rotation minutes over someone like Atari Eason. Now, Garrison Matthews, who's been cold this entire preseason, is looking for me anyways like the odd man out as a player to get cut because he is on a non-guaranteed contract gm where do you stand in this whole mindset and ultimately who do you think is the man that gets cut here honestly i think it's neither i think it's Derek favors that gets cut um, he has a great contract i know you shouldn't um, but i don't i don't think that i personally okay this is the thing personally i think that garrison matthews should be cut logistically correct because he's not guaranteed but I do believe that Garrison Matthews holds a place on this team because of his shooting. The thing about it is that has KJ Martin shown enough during this preseason to to prove that he can supplant Garrison Matthews? They're both both of their defense is not very good. Granted, KJ Martin has these highlight blocks, but his defense is not very good either. Garrison Matthews and KJ Martin do not play defense very well. Um. The reason why I think it's Derek Favors is because of the reason that they just signed Willie Cauley-Stein for one. They're not going to hold five centers. They're not going to cut Garuba. Bruno Fernando is the backup for sure, and I feel like Boban is definitely staying. The way they promoted him on social media, the way that he was the main guy during uh, open practice, I just feel like it'd be bad marketing in terms of the Rockets. It would be a bad choice because Boban is so loved not just in Houston, but the rest of NBA fans. Like, people love him. Um, personally, I, like I stated, I would cut Garrison, but I do believe that he still holds a spot on the team. Um, 
only reason for Derek Favors is because they probably think I think Raphael right now is deciding between Favors and Garrison because of the fact that Favors does have ten million, but I'm pretty sure he could buy him out just as easily. You know, the the thing that about it is like, will his trade value be enough in terms of December? When he is allowed to be traded, or is it is it sixty or ninety days? If it's ninety days, it should be sixty. If it's sixty, then it's correctly. December. But the thing about it is that his value could you possibly tack him on to an Eric Gordon deal? Mm. I don't know. So that would be the thing because it, it seems like that's certainly a possibility. But I'm just not completely sure about that, and that is something that um to hearken on is like i don't necessarily agree with but i don't i can't agree with bringing in five centers as well it just doesn't yeah, it, it just, just doesn't make sense it just seems like there's it's a little too crowded in that uh front court you know they signed um, bruno fernando to that deal already too on top of it exactly it and bruno fernando already earned well. it i think aruba goes to the g league uh favors Again. favors I, I i don't know man like i think favors is a good vet to have Honestly, I don't. I I I wish they didn't sign. I don't Kali disagree. Stein, but I yeah, you know, it's, I, it's, um, you could play five centers in the starting lineup. But, That's <laughs> insane when you think. About I, I it. just think that they can buy him out, and Tillman's okay with it, considering that he isn't expiring. If they waive him, they can probably do the. Was it like where they wave and? Oh, wave and stretch. Yeah, wave and stretch. You know, yeah. and which is also possible. But I mean, personally, if you ask me, I'd probably cut Garrison. It just, I just feel like if I'm going to think like Stone and think like the coaches, I feel like they truly, truly value the way Matthews spreads the floor yeah. with the coaching. And it just seems a lot more likely that a guy like Favors or Boban gets cut. But it, it's honestly, I, I think it's probably going to be Derek Favors. But I mean shoot we can all be wrong and then they end up trading somebody but yeah and that's the only way that's the only other way that they can loosen this uh loosen the joints here at at the back end of this rotation and roster is if they do end up making a trade uh if it's someone like you know kj martin or if it's any anybody else Mm -hmm. whatsoever Derek favors obviously has to stay say this like i don't i don't agree with my take it's just no yeah i'm just trying to think of what they value more so no that's what i'm saying though because i think you're right i actually think like as much as I'm not speaking for everyone on all the Rockets fandom, but I think a lot of people are feeling like Garrison is the odd man out, so should he get traded? Not traded, sorry. Should he get released? Yeah, just because of the way that the rotations look. You already have Tari, you have Jabari, you have Gordon, you have Jayshon, you have KJ. That's five players out of the shoot that are going to be garnering and gaining uh, PT in these minutes of these players that are not going to go to the G League unless Tari, by some miraculous equation, ends up going to the G League. I don't think he does. 60-plus points in three games is not something that you put into the G League to start the season. But I think... What may happen, though, is that they do believe that Garrison is that type of player, and I think at least to start the season, they're going to want to keep him on because he's already gained their trust, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think three games in the preseason is reason for them to be like, oh, all of a sudden, we're just going to cut him. You know, we gave him this contract, and we're just going to cut him. No, guys, unfortunately, we don't. The, the Rockets organization does not think like a lot of fandoms think, and I'm not hating on any fandoms whatsoever, but a lot of people think of the right now. Like, when... 
Alperin has his great game. Oh, Alperin is him. Alperin is the starting center. This is why we have Alperin. I've heard fans say that. Oh, this is why we have Alperin Shangoon. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we we traded away Christian Wood because Alperin is that guy. And then the second we lose and he only scores four points, oh, I have a real big worry of Alperin Shangoon and how he's going to fit with KPJ and Jalen Green. Oh, this is really going to be a big worry. Is Alperin Shangoon going to be that guy? Can he play the defense? No, you guys are obviously just thinking on the the fact of because you guys just saw what you saw and LP had a bad game. We are very much a culture of, you know, the most current game is the game that matters the most. And you're going to think and feel emotionally. That's where the summit comes in. Give you guys the we give you give you guys your two cents so you guys don't need to put, you know, you can take your guess off that pedal and relax a little bit because once again, it is still preseason. We're in preseason game number four coming up on Friday. Yeah, there you so go. So it's go. not Calm down, Kenny. Calm that down. serious. But if we're going to rewind it back, ultimately bringing it to where we're supposed to be, Garrison Matthews, in my opinion, does end up being the one staying, which does put us at the cusp of Bobon or Derek, and I'm afraid to say it, but I can see them cutting Bobon, unfortunately. It's the Gerald Green thing all over again where we signed Jalen Green to a training camp deal. Every, I mean, not Jalen Green, sorry, Gerald Green, and everyone was going nuts over the f- fact that we signed Gerald Green and he was great in open practice, and everyone loved him. Boom, he gets cut. So you just... It's, it, guys, I'm telling you right now, like, it may not be what you want, but ultimately the Rockets, they're going to do what's best for business for them. They're going to do what's best for business for the team and the culture and the rotation. So they're taking everyone's uh, feelings into consideration. And I'm telling you right now, this Rockets organization, they hear everything. They really, really do. And they listen to the fans. They really, really do. I can say that straight up. They're listening to y'all. They know, they, they can hear y'all. They know what y'all are saying. Like, and that's a good thing. They, they hear your voices. The Rockets organization hears you. There's definitely a connect between the organization and the fans. And I think that's just amazing and it's incredible. I mean, we're living proof of that by getting people like Craig Ackerman on our show. And we've been blessed to have that. So that's ultimately what I think is going to happen. It's going to be between Boban and Derek Favors. I want I want Garrison Matthews to be the guy that, gets, that prefers the guy that gets cut. I ultimately don't see that happening. So... Um, let GM, I do want to discuss another part of news and quips that did pop in on our feed. Shoutouts to Ali Khan Bajani because he did drop some news because two players just got cut uh, like over a half hour ago officially. They uh, they cut Maurice Harkless and Theo Maladin and they have claimed Darius Days and Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, the discount Trey Mitchell. So that's what so they resigned. So they we get to see Trey Mitchell back in a Rocky uniform, and they did a uh, claim forward Darius Days, and ultimately they cut Mo Harkless and guard Theo Maladin. I know a lot of people like Theo Maladin, myself included, but it's ultimately what we expected to happen. It was one of the most puzzling deals in in, in recent history, in my opinion. It was all for the second round pick, baby. All for the second Shout round pick. Shout out to Bima Thug. Bima Thug is Bima Thug. I'm telling y'all right now, he was running around in his jammies, going nuts over that second round pick. So, <laughs> okay, so, GM, let's move forward. Obviously, let's talk about the fr- uh, the Friday matchup. I just want to double-check on my computer and make sure that I got that right. It's against Friday the, matchup the Pacers. Against the Pacers in, yes. in, in, in Indiana. In, in Indiana. <laughs> that sounds like I was like a tongue twister. Rockets are playing the Pacers in Indiana. GM, question, are we going to see a lot of the starters here? Are they going to play heavy minutes? Are we going to see some rest? Are they going to not play them? What do you think? 
they're going to play him very minimally. They might sit some of the guys, but we're going to see heavy minutes amongst the competitors in terms of trying to get PT, like uh, Dacian Nix and a Tai Tai Washington. If Dacian Nix is healthy, we'll see Dacian. We're going to see a lot of Garrison Matthews, KJ Martin, in terms of trying to see who stays on the roster. We're probably going to see a lot of Usman Garuba as well. We're going to see some Garuba, Derek Favors, and a sprinkle of Boban. And we'll probably see some Tari Eason too and Josh Christopher. Those are probably the, the guys that are going to probably play heavy minutes in terms of this game. I don't expect to see Jalen nor KPJ play in the second half. It'll probably be like a good like 8 to 10 minutes in the first half and they'll call it. But if I were, if it were me, I would just sit him. I'd wait until Atlanta. You know, I think they've shown you enough through these first three games that there's no reason to play the final game of the preseason. I want those, like the players that are fighting for their spot to play for their lives. Um, As it should be. Yeah. As it should be. I mean, you know, I don't expect much in terms of what we'll be able to take away from the last game of the preseason. Um. I'm just hoping to see if Dacia Nix does play. I want to see him step it up because he has not looked so good at all. He's pulled a lot of Jeremy Lin type of decision-making. He doesn't look very comfortable. He's thinking, and you want to see him play where it's a free flow in terms of playmaking, and you can tell that he's just he's not very comfortable. I think he's feeling the pressure as well, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I do think that KJ Martin will probably have a really good game. I believe Garrison Matthews will recover and shoot decently. But the question is, can he show enough in terms of staying on the roster? Can Usman Garuba show us more in terms of what he can do? Um, I want to see him set some hard screens for the guys like Tai Tai and Dacian. See if they can find him. Play some hard-nosed defense. Show them why they drafted you. You know, um, I want to see Tai Tai. I love watching Tai Tai. Um, I do too. I want to see Jacob play a bit better. I mean, granted, he hit all of his buckets in the fourth quarter from what it looked like um, when he just started like shooting a bunch. But I want to see him play better and effectively. You know, like I, that, that's that's call, that's all I want to see. You know, in terms of the last game of the preseason. Um, but everything else, really, I'm just looking forward to Atlanta. I'm ready for Game One of the regular season when the games matter. And Houston Rockets Twitter. We'll see you guys Friday at the home opener. Absolutely, Absolutely. we're gonna be we there. Will be there. Summit the, will be there. The summit will be there. We're actually the first two home games. We're gonna be there, yes, guaranteed. We will. We'll be there for opening night, opening a uh, home opener night, and Filipino Heritage Night as well. And I think it's a perfect time to actually plug that. So Filipino Heritage Night is taking place on October twenty fourth against the Utah Jazz. Jordan Clarkson obviously being on that end. Guys, I'm going to be posting something on my Twitter. Uh, Today is Wednesday, so it'll be the off day for the Astros. So look out today. I will be posting a link on my Twitter as well as a uh, promo code. So you guys can get your chance at a Jalen Green giveaway jersey. If you are a Filipino fanatic, if you're a Filipino, you would understand. The jersey itself looks incredible. It reps the red, yellow, white, and blue. And on top of it, it's very reminiscent of the PBA, the Filipino Basketball Association. Um, It's a very great jersey to have, and it's a limited jersey. And it's only going to be available that night on the giveaway. If you want your chance at that jersey, you're going to have to sign up with the link to get those tickets. You get tickets anywhere else. It's just going to be the tickets. You're not going to get the promo code to go along with it and the extra... uh, 
part of the ticket that will give you a uh, uh, stub to get the jersey. You need to use the link that I will be providing on my Twitter. The GM will be uh, having it as well. And uh, the code is going to be Filipino. So go ahead and when I have it posted, go get go get those tickets. Go support the Philippines, support Jalen Green's uh, jersey giveaway, support Jalen Green as well, because we're not doing just the jersey giveaway. It's going to be a Jalen Green Q&A right after. So even if, you, if you're a Filipino, you should definitely be getting this tickets. Continue to support Jalen Green, who's an up-and-comer, an amazing NBA basketball player, and going to be an ambassador for years to come for the Philippines. But even if you're not Filipino, just go, go swing through. There's going to be a lot of things for the culture, a lot of things that are culturally driven, that are the Philippines. I think a lot of people would have fun, and it's still a Rockets game at the end of the day. And once again, if you use this promo code now, you get a stub to get the jersey giveaway. So big time stuff there. Oh, and I can actually, uh, and I can actually say this. There will, I can say this for sure. There will be sizes. You are not just going to get XLs. I can say that for sure. They will have it in all sizes for oh, available awesome. for everybody. Cool. So I, that's awesome. a little news drop for I everybody. I did get a, I did get a, a DM about that. So thank you for that piece of information. I, that I, I did, just got now. I just dropped the news officially. Yeah. So there will be different sizes. It's not just going to be a general double XL giveaway. <laughs> there will be different sizes to that jersey being given away. So be sure to uh, support and continue to support and check it out there. And then since I'm already on the plugs, that's going to go ahead and end our show episode 125 coming at you one time GM um, getting past everything and giving my cheap plug for the night. Give it to him one time GM. Let him know what to do before we go home here. Well, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow our podcast over on Twitter at summit s-o-m-p-o-d follow us on instagram at summit state of mind underscore p-o-d shout out to my brother the commish who just puts out amazing content both on twitter and instagram make sure to check us out guys share like retweet do anything you can um you know he's been putting out fire fire content and we're just ready. We're just ready for the season to start, guys. Just letting you know. Oh, I do have news. I do have news. I do have news. I have officially kickstarted our uh, our TikTok. It is live. Oh. I posted our first TikTok, and we have over fifteen hundred views already. Oh wow! On our video, That's awesome. So I have kickstarted our TikTok. Cool. All right. So uh, what is our TikTok? Can you give it to him? At Summit SOM Pod. Awesome. At awesome. some point, we're gonna get everything uniform. Awesome. <laughs> we, we we certainly will. We certainly <laughs> will. Um, make sure to follow at Apollo NBA. And at Apollo H O U, you know, get give us a follow. Give all of our guys a follow. Um, it it's just a pleasure to be here for you guys and be able to talk, and not just talk Rockets, but to talk Astros. What a glorious and magnificent day it was able to end before we recorded. So, with that being said, let's go Rockets and let's go Strohs. We got a twofer. We got a twofer for y'all one time. You guys get basically uh, two episodes in one. We covered the Astros and the Rockets tonight. So, yeah, uh, there's nothing more for me to say. I just harping upon the GM of what he already said. Um, yeah, so I, I did launch our TikTok officially. The GM actually got, was the one that I, I think got our TikTok started. Um, but, it, you know, since uh, I'm always the one that kind of makes the content, I finally was able to put out the first video, uh, which I said earlier, which was the Jim Ross video uh, reacting to Jalen Green breaking the ankles of Victor Oladipo for three. It's already gone at over 1,500 views, so I'm really appreciative of that. Uh, over 100 likes already on that video alone, and uh, we have two followers. So I'd like to get more. 
So if you guys are at the tail end with us, please be sure to follow us on TikTok at Summit SOM Pod. So we appreciate y'all. Um, we appreciate your continued support for ourselves, but more importantly, to continue to support not just us, but our team, Apollo Houston, Apollo NBA, following our teams, uh, the Houston Rockets, Houston Astros, obviously in the playoffs, and the Houston Texans in the middle of their season, and ultimately just supporting uh, Houston culture and everything that represents the H-Town. So that's going to conclude episode 125 from our voices straight to your incredible ears enjoy the rest of your day enjoy the rest of your week and on that note go astros and of course go houston rockets the summit for life